Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buckeye Weekly Podcast. I am Tony Gerdeman, here as always with Tom Orr. Tom, how's it going? I'm doing great. I know how to operate a mute button, so that puts me ahead of at least one other person who is frequently on our uh, Zoom calls with Ohio State coaches, which, I mean, that's that's pretty good. I think I think that qualifies me to continue to be on those those uh, calls. How about you? How are you doing? Do you know how to use a mute button? I do as well, which since we both do, I guess that means we can't be national columnists mm. because we understand mm. how Zooms work. And, you know, and when I'm asking a question of Ryan Day, a certain national columnist isn't walking back and forth on a phone call while being unmuted while I'm trying to listen to my answer, Tom. But that's neither here nor there. It's just really annoying. Like we've been doing this long enough. All right. The zoom, it is part of our lives. We all know mute, unmute, uh, you know, start video, stop video, all of that sort of stuff. There's a lot of things in the news right now where maybe people don't know it so well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that's, that's been a problem for other national writers this week, but, uh, at least, at least we haven't had that. That's, that's good. That's very good. And, uh, you know, let's knock, well, let's not knock on that wood. Um, (laughs) Let's just start the show, Tom, because today we talked to Ryan Day and Greg Stadrawa. We were going to talk to Greg Madison, but SID Jerry Emig told us he has no voice, which, Tom, might not be the greatest thing for a uh, game week. I'm sure they're going to have him with the lemon tea and the honey and all of that stuff. Um, I was hoping to get to talk to him to find out where he's going to be. I assume he's going to be up in the box and maybe... And, and, I wouldn't even expect Ryan Day to tell us at this point because he has told us very little uh, about where everybody is going to be. That's why it would have been good to get it from the horse's mouth. Uh, but maybe maybe tomorrow we can get some answers on that. Who knows? But, yeah, so it was just Day and Stud today. Tom, what was uh, any, any big takeaways from, from Day today? Because he was the, the guy who started it out. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. I mean, you could. this is one of these things where 
you can tell the you are getting very very close to the season when the amount of information that comes out of these things gets smaller and smaller and smaller and he gets asked questions that we know the answer to already that we're just kind of you know hearing if he has some insight into that and uh he doesn't want to answer the question like who's the number 2 quarterback going to be well um you know we, we there's still a competition and we'll, we'll talk about it on friday and you know see where everything is and that could change week to week but uh you know we, we'll see you know how, how what's the distribution of carries for the uh running backs going to be Trey Sermon Master Teague oh you know we're we're going to have a pretty deep rotation I think we're very happy with the rotation there. It, it was not quite the Jim Trestle level of uh, you ask him what time it is and he tells you how to build a watch, but it was just like, okay, good. So good. The, 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 I'm not mistaken. There really is a game coming up soon because we are going into information lockdown about even the smallest, most inconsequential stuff. Yeah. Even the defensive tackle regarding Teron Vincent and Haskell Garrett. And he's like, well, you know, he went in, Camp wanted to build some depth, and we've done that. And we'll see who who's available and who isn't later in the week when they release their availability report, which will also be the release of the depth chart on Friday. So yeah, there was there's a lot of questions, um, not so many answers. I, I, one of the big takeaways from me for me for from both of these guys is Master T comes back stronger. Nicholas Prayer comes back stronger. Josh Myers, all of these guys go on quarantine, left to their own devices, and they all come back bigger, stronger, better, more rehabbed. And and Ryan Day has talked about recruiting not just players, but good parents as well, like good families. And I think we've seen that from the way everybody has come back better, seemingly, when they're they've been put in these adverse circumstances. So I think that's a huge credit to the parents. It's a credit to the players. I would also wonder, uh, what's Mickey Marotti doing? Like everybody leaves and they come back better. It's like, come on guy, get with it. And so, um, I think that was one of the big takeaways for me is just how disciplined everybody is, how bought in the families are. Nicholas Petit Frere's mom is, you know, told stuff like, I can't afford to keep feeding this kid, send me food. And and fortunately, they were able to do that for anybody who needed it, whether it's protein shakes or pastas or, you know, whatever. But it's, I guess this is one of those uh, byproducts of recruiting the families as well, because everybody has been a part of putting this team together this year. If you're surrounded by people who are invested in your success, and, you know, the whole family is there. That makes it much easier for you to be as bought in as possible and to, not, you know, when when you're at home, not get pulled in different directions, you know, to, to be able to stay focused. If mom and dad and siblings are all invested in your success and involved in that process with you, then when you say, yeah, I got to go work out or whatever, no one's going to give you grief for it. No one's going to say, ah, you, why don't you stay home and let's play Parcheesi at home instead. Like you're not, you're not going to get that. And you'll have people who are looking for ways to basically ways to make it work and ways to make sure you're getting the 8,000 calories a day or whatever you need to be getting. You know, that's, that's not an easy thing. And I'm sure 
that uh, there are plenty of football moms who are like, I, I could be done cooking now. Like, I, I've done plenty of cooking today. But if, if you've got people who are really invested in that process, that makes that a much easier thing to really stick with. And, you know, it's, it's almost like having little mini personal trainers there with you at home to kind of keep you on task and keep you focused and, and kind of eyes on the prize that, that during this weird, uncertain time when it would have been easy to slack off to kind of keep you focused and keep you, keep you pointed towards that goal. Yeah. I find all of that very interesting because you're right. It is, although the, there's a part of me that makes it, it sure seems annoying to have, as you would say, like many um, coaches or strength coaches all around you at all times. Um, but it takes a, it takes a village time. As we know, it takes a village to uh, send Ohio state players back to campus in shape. The um, another national writer who shall remain nameless asked Ryan day, how confident are you that Ohio state can join Alabama and Clemson in the national title conversation? Uh, which is the easiest way to not get an answer about the national title conversation and Alabama and Clemson. And I'm constantly puzzled when questions like this are asked of coaches who are only looking at this one game at a time, Tom. They don't look uh, down the road, or at least they're not going to talk about looking down the road. And this comes from, you know, like Urban Meyer would say that winning games is really, really hard no matter who you're playing. And so you have to focus on winning that game. Like Ryan Day said they're focused on the first drive against Nebraska, and that's all they're focused on. And yeah, uh, sure, they want to play for a national championship, but worrying about, hey, gosh, why isn't ESPN talking about us when they talk about Clemson and Alabama? No, there's there's going to be, that's never going to be his concern. Not not at least now, not with game one. It's it's the week, it's the days leading up to the, the, the college football final rankings. You know, that's, that's when you start the, making these plays and want to make sure your, your name is up there. It's certainly not when you're O and O. Am I correct? Yeah, that, that was one of those, like, normally when we hear someone ask a question, you can kind of start answering the question already in your head. And you know, like, this is a question you might be, oh, this is a, this is a good question. It's going to get an interesting answer. And that was one that was just like, oh, okay, well, we're about to hear how they're focused on Nebraska. And guess what? They're focused on Nebraska. That was great. Good. Um, you're, you're, not, you're not ever going to hear guys talk about looking down the line at all. That's just, that's just not what they do. There are, there are ways you can ask that question that are a little more likely to maybe get you some kind of a response. That was not it. Um, but yeah, it, it, they, you, can't, you cannot focus on the end result you have to do the day-to-day like you have to you know this is this is training for a marathon you can't just go i'm, I'm gonna run a marathon and just sort of just go out and run every once in a while and, and I'm, I'm training for a marathon like you have to follow the plan there's a plan i have to run this many miles on this day then i have to take a rest day then i have to run do my long run on saturday and then i have to do interval training on a certain day like there's a whole plan you have to follow it very carefully and then you then all of a sudden, hey, I can run 26.2 miles. That's pretty cool. You can't you have to but you have to do all the steps. You, there, there's no shortcut. You cannot do the uh, I don't know if you ever worry how, how I met your mother uh, watcher. There's an episode where Barney 
uh, bets uh, Marshall that he can just run the New York City Marathon without training. And he do, he he says, you know, here, here's how you run a marathon. Step one, start running. There is no step two. And I mean, and that's like technically true. But at the end of the marathon, <laughs> he finishes and then he sits down on the subway and then he can't get up. And he's just like he's stuck. He's stuck on the floor of the subway because he his legs no longer work like that's That's what happens. And uh, when your legs no longer work, sometimes it looks like losing to Iowa or Purdue. Like you have to stay, you have to stay focused on the task at hand and not look too far in advance. And by all accounts, I mean, everyone always says that, like you will almost never have a team that goes, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not worried about, we're, we're not worried about Rutgers this week. We know they're terrible. Like, even if they do know they're terrible, they're never going to say it. But this, this sure does seem like, this is a good enough team that Ohio State will not be looking ahead to Penn State this week. Like we we have not heard anything about Penn State from anyone this week. Which, and you know, again, that, that that's a testament to uh, the question askers today for not asking stupid questions that they know aren't going to get answered. But you know, that's also I think a little bit speaks to the uh, these guys fought like crazy for you know however many months, six seven months to to make this make this game happen. So by golly, they're gonna they're gonna enjoy this game and focus on this game. Yeah, and Ohio State and Nebraska are connected in that way because they were two of the the main culprits in, in getting this season played, which has built this bromance between Ryan Day and Scott Frost. And and Day would said that even after coaches, you know, they'd have a, the coaches would have a call with the Big Ten each week, and then him and Scott Frost would have a side call kind of after that, discussing things. And Scott Frost on Monday credited Ohio State, really give Ohio State the credit with getting this season back up and going, I think maybe because he, I don't know if Nebraska would have had the cachet just to do it by themselves. And so you had Ohio state in there as well. And then we know the parents and the lawsuits and, and things, things like that. So there was, these two schools are tied together. And when Scott Frost was asked about it yesterday, like, do you think it's a coincidence that the big 10 made you guys play on the first, first week? Like, no, no, I don't think it was a coincidence. Some would consider it, maybe look at it as punishment. They are now like 27 and a half point favorite or underdogs or whatever. Um, but fortunately, like even as Scott Frost was being asked these questions, it wasn't like, do you think this is a punishment that you're being put with Ohio State? Because that's like, let's, and we'll get into Nebraska more later in the week, but they're not nothing. So let's let's realize that and, and that there are some issues that the Buckeyes have talking about defensive tackle and, and we'll maybe we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I can see somewhere where like they've, they've removed the numbers from the jerseys and the names. and We don't even know who's out there on, on Saturday when we're watching the game. That might be a, a rule violation. At this point, they are so like we're not going to tell you anything that. I'm wondering if jersey numbers are going to be gone. Is that am I am I could I be wrong? Just say sorry, it's a covid protocol. Sorry. No <laughs> no band, no cheerleaders, no Brutus, no jersey no numbers. numbers. Sorry. Sorry about that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and that is another thing, Tom, we should probably explain. Uh, there, there will be no band, no Brutus, no cheerleaders. This all may be revisited later on down the road, including uh, crowds, but right now that's all gone i thought it was interesting because there's going to be ambient noise going on uh, through the speakers like 70 decibels and then it can be ramped up to 90 uh, after a good play for the home team that they said it's like between plays it's louder than like a regular game just because it's just this constant noise and and that's i guess kind of annoying but um i still find i, I still think that ambient noise is better than silence i don't know like i i don't i don't mind all of this noise from the games that that we've been watching maybe it's fake noise before the crowds were involved like i didn't have a problem with that i don't have a problem with tv putting noise in um so there there is that i think it's just you're just trying to have any bit of normalcy that you can and if you can hear the seagulls you know picking up nachos then, then uh, I think that might be, I'm not going to say it's going to be jarring or anything, but it's not quite football. I'm not sure they're going to be nachos. I'm not sure if that was on the approved list of, uh, of concession items. True. It, it is, there, there is a little bit of uh, like a veneer of normalcy when you watch a game on TV and it's just the shot of the field and you kind of have that murmur of the, in the stands, you know, that murmur kind of noise or that, you know, the sort of lo- low cheering noise. It's not right. But if you just if you stop thinking about the fact that there's no one there, you sort of forget that there's no one there and that we I mean, we've been in the stadium for practices and scrimmages and that kind of stuff over the years. And it is like it's weird to be in there and have you just hear the whistles and you just hear yelling and you hear individual players talking and you can hear if you're down on the sidelines, you can hear the refs talking. I mean, it's like it's like covering a high school game. You can you hear everything, which is weird when you're used to being in there with a hundred thousand people and when we were there for practice what three weeks ago brian day was giving a speech you know his sort of like pre-practice speech and uh they uh they turned up the ambient crowd noise thing so that we couldn't hear what ryan day was saying because normally you would be able to you know we just would have been able to hear because even though they're on the other side of the field they're still only 30 yards away from us whatever so you absolutely could have heard what he was saying, like every word of what he was saying. So they turned up the ambient crowd noise and, oh, ta-da, now we can't hear anything. So it will give, it will be a little bit better from that perspective. You know, I know baseball has had, uh, has had some problems with players uh, doing the swears on the field during games. You know, you hit a pop-up and you say fiddlesticks and uh, that comes across the TV broadcast. And I'm sure that will, uh, that will sort of mitigate some of those concerns as well for the broadcasters. So there's a bunch of reasons for it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's fine. If it's, it doesn't really hurt anything. And if it's going to uh, make it feel a little bit more normal than, than great, 
the one thing that I was interested in that once again, there is a decibel level uh, rule in the big 10. So we could have Jim Harbaugh complaining just like 1986, Jim Harbaugh complaining about how Ohio stadium is too loud. Seeing if he get a penalty. Can't wait. That's going to be incredible. Oh man. That's one of my earliest football memories. I think is like what him turning back to the refs and being like, I can't hear, I can't hear just and then having like a flag thrown and oh man football has has evolved so so far and so good compared to the olden days when we would run the option on third and nine anyway let's not uh trash uh the olden football uh ryan day is excited to see where this defense is at now when we ask like hey what do you <laughs> that's another thing Ryan, can you give us a couple of guys that you're excited about or who've really stepped up? And his answer is like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, you know, I'm excited about the defense. I, you know, I, you know, we'll see. There's some, yeah, there's some guys. I don't want to name anybody. I don't want to forget anybody. That's you know, I'm excited to see everybody play. I love everybody. I love all of my children, basically, Tom. And it's like, well, don't you love a couple more than the others? Can't you just, can't you just say like, oh, you know, who has stepped up? that I've been impressed with is this guy and this guy. That doesn't mean you don't also love Pete Werner or Tyreek Smith. That just means, Hey, these guys have stepped up, but like he's so close to the vest and, and maybe doesn't want some guys to get more attention than others. I have, you know, I don't know, but like you said, right now it's game week. He's so locked in on not giving any information that even information he could give that would be harmless. He's like, you know what? You know, I just better not. This entire pandemic has really closed all of us in, basically. And you're like, well, you know what? I'm just going to, I'd rather be safe. And, and he's just, you know what? I'm just going to take the the attitude with the, with the football, with, with the COVID. And I'm just, I'm just going to be safe and not do anything, not say anything. And just, that's it. It, it was very much a, mm, we could go for it on second and seven, but <laughs> maybe we'll punt instead. Let's let's think about it. We're going to, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We'll talk about it. Friday, we'll make a decision whether we're going to punt on second and seven, and then we'll we'll keep going from there. I mean, yes, I, I have a sneaking suspicion Ryan Day has noticed certain players being pretty good over the course of the summer. Like, that's probably a question you could have answered. And, you know, these these are answers that are probably more or less floating out, you know, floating out around the, uh, internet to a certain degree anyway i mean i know we we have had uh practice reports that have have you know named some specific guys who've kind of popped who are younger guys who've popped and you know when we have gotten answers in previous weeks they've generally matched those practice reports so that tells me those practice reports are pretty darn accurate so you can uh what ryan day isn't giving you you can get on the ask the insiders forum at buckeyescoop.com that's uh look look for any of the nevada buck posts those have uh those have been uh, pretty informative the last couple of weeks. But yeah, it, I, I get it. Like this is this is just football coaches are some of the most like paranoid, close to the vest people in the world, and it's just one of them gets real paranoid about stuff, and then that makes everyone else go, mm-hmm. I, "If he's not going to say it, well, I don't want to say it." And then all of a sudden, it's just like, I, I don't know. We'll 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 evaluate Friday whether Justin Fields is our starting quarterback. I don't know. It's 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 too soon to say. Still a competition. Like. That was that was basically the one thing he did say. Like, yeah, Justin's Justin's great. And we'll figure out who's the number two, more or less. So, so I take it all back. He was he was very open and transparent <laughs> with everything. But yeah, you know, I mean, 
they're gonna, there's going to be a depth chart on Friday that they're going to put out. So there's going to be an availability report on Friday that they're going to put out. So we'll we'll find out on Friday. And uh, I have a feeling that the starting running back is going to be Trey Sermon or Master Teague, and then Steel Chambers behind that. And I think we know who the linebackers are going to be. And I think we know probably who the defense about, you know, he named uh, five guys when he talked to, well, six guys when he talked to the uh, defensive backs. So, and it's the six names that we heard. So, you know, I, I think we basically know what that depth chart is going to look like. You're going to put that depth chart out. So we're, we're all going to find out who the favorite kids are. So you could, you could just tell us a couple days early and it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, the over under on oars at quarterback is 1.5. Over. I so think you, over. Yeah, I think it's just going to be or or it's like, it's going to be Stroud yes, or Justin Miller Fields or, and then yeah, CJ Stroud or Jack Miller or mm-hmm. Gunnar Hoke. Yes. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm expecting. Uh Day did say that Nicholas Petit Frere will be starting at right tackle, which I thought was like that kind of surprised me. Not that he's starting because we've been saying that all along, but that Day said it. Mm-hmm. Uh he said he also said Paris Johnson and Duan Jones would play and it sure seems like when they say that and when Stud says that, and, and we'll get into some of the stuff that he was saying as well, it's like they mean it more this year because of the pandemic and you have to get everybody ready to play and ready to step in. And so this, this isn't to me like last year with Brandon Bowen and Nicholas Petit Frere where they said, well, both will play. And then Petit Frere didn't play until, you know, like the fourth quarter or whatever. And now I don't know that, you know, will he play if it's, will they all play if it's 28, 28 in the fourth? Who knows? I, but it sure seems like this is, they will try to sneak some guys in maybe earlier than normal, just in case they ever do lose somebody. That's what they're preparing for. Uh, Stud did say that Petit Frere is up to 315 pounds stronger and, you know, bigger than ever. And uh, so they're super happy about that. And this is year three. So this is when, this is the normal time frame for most offensive linemen, basically when you you've had a year to redshirt even and then um you know the continued development, and we know his story with uh, just trying to get big enough, and so that's been half the battle, if not most of the battle and and now we'll see finally if he is this you know it, it, can he match the recruiting that he showed up with, so I'll be interested to watch that um. We'll see how that goes. Um, Harry Miller stronger again than he was last year, and no, no offense to Mickey Marotti, but I would like to know what's going on when uh, people go home and they come back stronger. Uh, he's making a lot of money, so uh, Tom, edit this out, uh, please. Uh, when we uh, when we <laughs> when we do finish this up, because I don't want this getting back to the strength staff. Uh, but. <laughs> They seem strong. They might be able to beat you up. I don't. I don't think. And I'm not going to edit it out just because I just. I want to see. I want to see how that goes. Well, you know what? Then I'll just go home and mm-hmm. come back stronger than ever, and I'll take them all on because <laughs> that's apparently all you have to do. Um, but the, the I think the 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 big thing for for me from Stud is that he said last year's offensive line was one of the best in the nation, and he told his guys today that they could be better than that. And I think that's something that we have talked about where it's. You lose Jonah Jackson, but you replace him with Harry Miller. You lose Brandon Bowen, but you replace him with um, Nicholas Petit Frere. Plus, everybody else is a year older. And Wyatt Davis, I thought it was interesting time. You can go into this. Um, 
what they worked on with Wyatt Davis in, in making him better. Yeah, Stud said that that they talked to they when White Davis was deciding whether he was going to leave to go to the NFL or not. Um, they looked at the reports that they got back from the NFL on him and said, "Here's what you're good at, and here's where you need to work on." And you know, so they came up with a plan to here's here's the way we're going to improve what you're good at, and here's what the way we're going to improve what you need to work on. And they did the same thing with Josh Myers and the same thing with uh, Thayer Munford. And he, he said, "I mean, all three of those guys are." much better this year than they were this time last year. Um, Thayer Munford in particular, actually, is kind of interesting because, you know, he he had those back issues that, you know, that kind of first flared up at the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago. And then he basically, he essentially missed nine months. He he essentially missed from like December to August of uh, 2018 to 2019, more or less. And, um, you know, he ended up playing last year. He, he, it was better enough that he could play last year, but he missed nine months of strength training. So therefore, he was not in the kind of shape that you really would have wanted to be in order to play. He still, you know, he did a great job last year. He was Munford was was a solid left tackle, but he, you know, Stud said basically he wasn't pushing guys off the ball like he probably could have just because he had he had missed all the like the really heavy weight work during the off season. This year, he got to do all that stuff, and you know, I mean, no one got to do it all the way through nine straight months, like he would during a normal year, but he got to do the winter workouts. He got to do stuff this summer. So he's, a, he's way ahead of where he was this time last year. His back, the back is supposedly uh, healthy again and, and not really didn't sound like it was a real concern right now. So that's, that's real big. And then, you know, Myers and Myers and Davis, just those, those are, again, those are two guys who could have turned pro last year and would be playing in the NFL right now if they wanted to. And Davis is, you know, potentially a mid first round pick kind of guy next year that those, those guys do not grow on trees. So that's the core of a pretty good offensive line right there. And, you know, the 2018 offensive line, what would you give the 2018 offensive line? A C, C plus, something like that. Mm, Maybe C minus. Yeah. I mean, and then last year, I mean, last year, the pass pro had, there were some issues in the pass pro and that was definitely not all on the line, but you want to give them a a B plus a minus last year. That's probably realistic. This year, you have a chance to take another step up from that. So if you can go from a C- minus to a B plus to an, a good solid A, that, that's pretty darn good. And as much as you've seen a lot of teams have trouble in the trenches and teams you know, not having the prep work done to really be comfortable with blocking and not having the prep work done to really be comfortable with tackling, if you have a real good offensive line this year and you can blow people off the ball you are going to move that football during games. And that's, that's going to be very, very hard to stop because that's just, you know, a good offensive line is a uh, pretty good start to a fantastic offense during a normal year. And I think that might be even more true this year. Yeah. Instead talked about the keeping low pad level against this Nebraska defensive line. And it, just, just the fact that there Munford now no longer believes he has issues, you know, like he's, he's past that. And he's passed all of his strength tests, and he's not worried about it anymore. So I think that will help as well. You mentioned uh, Wyatt Davis. When it did look like he was going to the NFL, that's when Stud started putting Dewan Jones in at guard and said he was unbelievable there. And um, after about three practices, there were no questions that he could play there. He's still – it doesn't sound like he's the go-to guy at guard, though, now. Like right now, that would be Enoch Vamahi and Matt Matt Jones – 
if uh, somebody went down, they would just plug one of those two guys in and, and Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson are the two backup tackles. And, you know, we've seen so many years where it's just one guy at guard and one guy at tackle. And, and now they've got two. And then Luke Whipler, Wipler at center right now has been the number two for a while. So I, you know, it has me wondering like maybe, maybe Harry, Harry Miller stays at guard next year. Because if you're thinking he's a three-year player, why not have Luke go there next year and then stay there, you know, for uh, for longer, you know, get get more seasons at, at centers rather than just keep flipping somebody one a new guy each year. But Tom, <laughs> that's next year. We've got time to discuss that. But yeah, the the depth on the offensive line is uh, he was confirming everything we've said coming into this. Um, this whole season where there's just the number two offensive line that would probably be one of the better ones in the big 10. And it it doesn't seem like there's any shortage of guys that he's confident in. And right now that's, that's about the best thing you can say because you don't know if you're going to have all five of your starters for however many games. Yeah. That was one of the things that he talked about. That was kind of, you know, a good reminder that this is, there are no guarantees this year. Uh, You know, they, they know, you could have a positive test the night before a game and lose one guy, two guys, three guys, five guys. Like that is, that is a thing that could happen. And he said that that makes developing depth, like even more important than normal. Like you always need to have good depth on that offensive line this year. However important it is during a normal year, like add 40% this year. It's super important this year. And when he was going through, he he talked about Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones. Okay. There's two. There's your backup tackles. Matt Jones and Enoch Mahi at guards and Luke Weipler at center. Like, okay, now you've got, if they have five guys who are there, who, who they're pretty confident in, you know, that's, that's pretty good. And you've got, there are true freshmen who, whose names we did not just say there who have already lost their black stripes, Jacob James, um, Josh Fryer. Like there, there is some real depth there now where, and, and, you know, Gavin cup, we didn't say Gavin cups name there. He's he's a fifth year guy if he's you know if he's healthy and can play. There's there's I mean there's there's a ton of depth there and you know this is this is one of the things where yes the first team Ohio State offensive line is better than anyone else's first team offensive line in the conference. Ohio State's second team offensive line is better than anyone else's second team and probably better than about half of the first teams in the in the league. And their third team offensive line like it, it would be a real disaster to have to get down to the third team, but if it did that's probably better than anyone else in the conference. So, you know, whatever this year, you know, provides us, whatever this year provides us as, uh, as people watching football and in terms of like teams, teams losing guys or, uh, you know, having to go run to plan B's and all of that kind of stuff, whatever, however that shakes out Ohio state seems like they're far better positioned than just about anybody else in the country to deal with whatever, you know, however that ends up looking. Yeah, and the only other the, the real concern I would say would be the other side of the ball, yeah, on the interior of that defensive line. Tom, I think that's going to do it for today. Do you have anything else that we did not touch on that you wanted to? Uh, the only thing that I thought was interesting that Ryan Day talked about that we haven't touched on yet was the game day protocols. And you know, normally they stay at the Blackwell Hotel, kind of right across the street from the Rotsey Building on uh, Tuttle Park Place, and walk over to. St. John Arena for skull session, then walk over, do the Buckeye walk over to the rotunda of the stadium and 
do that. Like none of that's happening this year. There is no, they are not at the Blackwell. There's no skull session. There's no Buckeye walk. They are basically getting dressed, getting, getting prepped at the uh, Woody and then busing over to the stadium. And, you know, people, he would, day was asked, you know, how much is that going to like mess with your game day routine? And he said, there's, there's a way that it's actually better because they don't have to take all the crap from the Woody, move it over to the Blackwell and, and get it ready there. It's just like, it's there. It's in the Woody. They have all their dining stuff there. They can space out more there. They have all their treatment stuff, their cold tubs their hot tubs, their ice baths, all that stuff is already there. It just, he said, it's in some ways more efficient to do it this way. So you know, that's uh, probably probably a little bit uh, looking on the sunny side of life that that uh, we're going to make the best of this. But, you know, this is it's also like, again, this is they are as well set up to, to deal with all of this stuff, all the crap that everyone's going to have to deal with this year. They are better positioned than anyone they're going to play in the Big Ten to be able to do that this year. So, uh, you know, right. Ryan Day, every time you ask him a question about how is how is this going to go, you know, you know, with this whatever the weird thing that is a this year thing, how, how are you going to deal with that? And he just says, you know, everyone is dealing with the same thing. We just have to deal with it better than everyone else. And they're set up to deal with it better than everyone else, just because they have more resources and more, you know, just more stuff and, and probably a better infrastructure in place to, to deal with whatever, whatever it is. I wonder how, how far down the road will we get to see the, will the Buckeye walk ever return? <laughs> because that's basically just walking down a line of Buckeye fans and, and slapping hands. <laughs> it sure seems like that might go away for quite a while, even as you know, even with the vaccines and, and all of that. And then people might be like, you know what? Maybe, maybe we just don't need to do this anymore. It just, it seems like it's an unnecessary risk and not that we're all talking about, you know, not, not that you know, risks and, and things like that, but for as seriously as they take, all of this, maybe they just, you know what, enough with the, with the actual physical contact with people that we don't know anything about. Maybe, maybe we should just uh, no longer do that. Do you think uh, if I say, do you think it's back next year, Tom? Uh, it, I, I think it could be back in some form, but it would not shock me if they had uh, like metal, instead of just like the little rope lines, like metal barricades and then a rope line inside it so that there's like three feet of distance between you know, anyone there. So no, nope, sorry, you can't, you can't high five. Oh, sorry. We, we would love to, but you can't because they, they have, they have blocked it off. It, it seems like it, it has to, it has to be coming back at some point. I think, I don't, I don't think you have seen the last of skull session at Ohio state, but this year, you know, this year, yes. Uh, next year, no, not necessarily. So I, I'm going to be an optimist and say no, but it might look a little different. There you go. All right. That'll do it for today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you continue to check out uh, buckeyescoop.com. There is all kinds of uh, information there. And like Tom was saying, it's interesting stuff on the message board. He asked the insiders board. There's always stuff going on there. And this being game week, there's going to be plenty of content. I saw Alex Gleitman just had a, a one-on-one with the Huskers writer. Is, is that correct, Tom? You're nodding yes. Yes. Alex is having a Huskers writer on his Around the Oval podcast. I had... Uh... David Max of HuskerMax.com, who's been covering the Huskers for more than 20 years at his own website. Uh, I had him on the morning scoop on Tuesday. So yeah, that'll, uh, we've got plenty of coverage there and uh, I'm uh, attempting to line up a, a guest that I'm uh, pretty excited about for the morning scoop later on this week. We'll see. I'll tell you after we finish recording who it is. Kirby so in Husker. Case, in, in case it doesn't. 
Is he the inflatable one or yes. the? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, the inflatable one. Yes, I would love to get the inflatable mascot on. I'm not sure that's going to happen this year, but yeah, I'll uh, it, we'll we'll see if I can pull this off. But uh, I'm I'm uh, hoping to hoping to be able to pull off uh, a, a guest. I'm pretty excited to talk about for the morning scoop a little later on this week. And uh, if it, if I end up not getting him, I'll have you on, and I'll say, oh no, I was really excited to talk. I finally, finally get to talk to Gerd on a podcast. What a what a thrill that would be. As I have said many times, I, I am your Regis to, you know, and you're David Letterman. And when somebody says, <laughs> somebody bows out, then you just call me in and I run up and down the aisle and look like an idiot, but I'm happy to do it. You know, <laughs> who else is going to do it? I'm, I am perfectly equipped to be your idiot. That's fine. I have no problem with that. So check all of that out. It is game week. It is freaking game week. Can you believe it? It is here. And. You know what a what a long, strange journey it has been to get here, but um, it still doesn't feel like game week for me. Uh, maybe because I just don't trust anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? And and it's going to be real interesting to see Saturday. We'll be at the stadium. You will be inside the stadium. I will be outside the stadium. It's going to be interesting to see if it feels like an Ohio State game that day because you're not going to have all of the stuff that you normally would have, like. No tailgating. So are, are, are there not going to be people playing music in the parking lots? So there, you know, there, there's there's no tailgating. The police are enforcing no tailgating. There's not going to be the crowds. There's not going to be the music. There's not going to be the tailgating, the food, the smells of the grill. You know, the huge crowds at the uh, at uh, the varsity club. Well, hopefully, hopefully, presumably not the huge crowds at the varsity club. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what that feels like. Does this does this feel like us just going to that practice a couple of weeks ago, or does it feel like uh, like a real Ohio State game? And I I don't know. I, w- I would say normally it would feel like a spring game, except spring games at Ohio Stadium are a hundred thousand people and exactly the same as everything else. So yeah, that that'll be interesting. But uh, I'm I'm just excited that we're we're really really this close, and apparently this is really going to happen. <laughs> oh, easy time. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's cross that bridge when we get to it. So, all right. Thank you all for listening, uh, and we will talk to you guys later. 